Trump supporters breached the U.S. Capitol during riots Wednesday. IHSA weighs the future of winter sports. More on these stories, I'm Kelsey Watsonauer. And I'm Sierra Henry. And this is Lee Enterprises Long Story Short. Good morning, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode of Long Story Short. After a few weeks of early episodes, we are finally back on schedule and ready to go. To start, Kelsey and I are going to go over some of the events that have transpired this week at our nation's capital. There is no easy way to transition into the story, but let's begin. As Congress began the process of certifying the electoral votes Wednesday, rioters who have made accusations of election fraud forced their way into the building in an attempt to disrupt the process. The Capitol building was swiftly placed on lockdown, which lasted several hours until Capitol Police cleared the building for the certification process to resume. A citywide curfew was also ordered. Five people died during the attack, including a Capitol policeman and a former airman. Congress resumed the certification process by Wednesday evening, stretching into the early hours on Thursday. Objections were made to certifying Arizona and Pennsylvania's electoral votes. Those objections were rejected, and Vice President Mike Pence declared Joe Biden and Kamala Harris winners. On Thursday, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called on Trump's cabinet to invoke the 25th Amendment to remove him from office, or Congress may move towards impeachment. The call came after several of Trump's staff members resigned. Local lawmakers joined Pelosi's call, including U.S. Representative Adam Kinzinger, a Republican from Shanahan, Illinois, representing the 16th Congressional District. Kinzinger has heavily criticized Trump and the actions of his supporters at the Capitol over the last week. There are also growing demands for a recently sworn in U.S. Representative Mary Miller, a Republican from Oakland, Illinois, to resign after quoting Adolf Hitler during a rally on Tuesday, hosted by a conservative group called Moms for America. Miller issued an apology Friday, saying she regrets, quote, using a reference to one of the most evil dictators in history to illustrate the dangers that outside influences can have on our youth. Of course, we at the Panagraph, Decatur, Herald, and Review, and Mattoon Journal Gazette, and Times Courier have been closely following the events and fallout that occurred Wednesday. You can visit any of our three websites at panagraph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com to read localized reactions with statements from Central Illinois lawmakers. And now I will be moving into local government. The Normal Town Council on Monday reached an agreement with Midwest Fiber Recycling for continuation of its Dropbox recycling program. After several months of delays, the council narrowly approved the roughly $195,000 program contingent on the town entering an intergovernmental agreement with the City of Bloomington and McLean County for cost sharing. On Tuesday, attorney Tom DeVore represented Joe's Station House Pizza Pub owners Joe and Tony Wargo in a normal liquor license hearing. Joe and Tony Wargo were cited for not following state-issued rules banning indoor food and bar service. DeVore, who has sued Governor J.B. Pritzker over COVID-19 restrictions and who has represented several Illinois businesses, said the governor's executive orders are not state law. Normal's Corporation Counsel Brian Day represented the town and presented evidence collected by normal police officers. For more information on the town council meeting or liquor hearing, check out my stories at panagraph.com. There, we have photos and live video coverage of these events. Earlier in the week, McLean County health officials disputed a state report indicating 11 McLean County nursing home residents died due to COVID-19. Terry Edens, McLean County Nursing Home Administrator, said the Illinois Department of Public Health's report that there have been 82 cases and 11 deaths at the nursing home were incorrect. Edens said that there were six COVID-related deaths and eight deaths related to other causes, such as heart trouble or COPD. Read Panagraph reporter Kevin Barlow's article at panagraph.com for the full story. The Decatur City Council voted again on Monday to rescind the annual 500 fee of video gaming licenses and refund fees to businesses that have already paid. Decatur Herald and Review reporter Valerie Wells reports. 
The ordinance originally passed December 21st but had to be brought back for a formal vote Monday due to a procedural error. Additionally, it was confirmed that the April 6th ballot will include an advisory referendum seeking opinions on allowing the sale of recreational cannabis in the city. The city council voted against allowing recreational cannabis sales in October, raising concerns about its impact on young people, among other issues. More on these stories at herald-review.com. Kelsey, what's happening in education this week? The child care program at the Mattoon School District will be held at the schools to start the spring semester instead of the off-campus sites that were used in the fall. The program was introduced in October when the district switched to hybrid learning to help families who needed this free service during the portions of the school day when students didn't have in-person instruction. Superintendent Tim Condren said moving child care to the schools will ease the logistical challenges involved with busing students to and from the off-campus sites. For more on how Mattoon is making this program work, find Rob Stroud's story at jg T. In Decatur, the public library announced this week it will be offering free access to Miss Humblebee's Academy, which is an online education program aimed at preparing kids for kindergarten. The program is designed for children ages 3 to 6, and as they progress through, parents will receive weekly updates measuring their child's proficiency and learning outcomes. Decatur Herald and Review reporter Valerie Wells has the full story at herald-review.com, and families can access Miss Humblebee's Academy through the library's website at decaturlibrary.org. Um, we can also look forward to Sunday. We'll have a story in the Panagraph about snow days and the future of them, or not so much. <laughs> All right, Sierra, can you give us an update on what's happening with high school sports? Whether or not sports will return for the remainder of the school year has yet to be determined, according to Panagraph reporter Jim Benson. Though the Illinois High School Association met with the Illinois Department of Public Health and Illinois Deputy Governor Jesse Ruse this week, the outlook is not good. For now, all IHSA sports are on hold and low-risk sports may not begin until the state returns to Phase 4, Benson reports. To read more about the meeting and what was discussed, check out the story which ran across our three news sites at panagraph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com. Uh, okay, Kelsey, tell me what was going on with the Clinton Fire Department this this week? No, New Year's Day? <laughs> New Year's Eve? Uh, Not exactly our typical public safety news, but the New Year's storm kept emergency responders, landscapers, residents, and everyone in between, really, busy across central Illinois this week. Uh, Heavy ice and snow caused significant tree damage across the region, leaving many without power. And in Bloomington, some of those downed wires sparked a fire Sunday morning. A little farther south, the Clinton fire officials said they responded to 20 calls in one day, including one at the Warner Hospital. The storm cleanup is ongoing, and full coverage of the winter weather can be found on panagraph.com. On the plus side, well, maybe not everyone would call it plus side. Cough, cough, Sierra. Um, But the weather seems to be warming up a bit here at the end of the week, so Sierra, why don't you take us into the community news? Um, Does that mean we can finally go rollerblading? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, I kid. Not really. I'm looking forward to rollerblading. Anyways. Decatur's small businesses and restaurant owners have started a GoFundMe for our bar and grill following the death of owner Randy West. The fundraiser is an effort to support the employees of the restaurant and a way to honor West, who was cited as Decatur's biggest cheerleader, Herald and Review reporter Valerie Wells writes. West, founding member of Ted Crispy and the all-vegetable band and saxophonist for BLDD Architects, died Sunday. The 59-year-old Decatur native opened the Art Bar and Grill in December of 2017 as a way to combine his love for architecture, music, and food. The restaurant has been closed due to COVID-19 restrictions and its future is unknown. 
That is why the fundraiser is seeking to raise $15,000 to provide each employee with $3,000. To read the full story, check out Valerie Wells' report at herald-review.com, where we have photos and a feature on West. So, Kelsey, what happened at State Farm this week? There was some fans involved? So, in Bloomington, State Farm helped out five local nonprofits this week, donating five 12 passenger vans to Home Sweet Home Ministries, Recycling Furniture for Families, Living Well United Senior Citizen Center, Mark First, and Community Health Care Clinic. State Farm used to use those vans for its van pool program, which is essentially carpooling for their employees. but since that program ended recently, the company had no use for them. But now it sounds like they'll be put to pretty good use by those nonprofits. To read more about State Farm's donation, check out Cade Heather's story at panagraph.com. Oh, um, so Sierra, why don't you bring us back to that winter weather fun? <laughs> well, here's a cute little story that will bring a smile to your face, and maybe a good way to end this episode. A 67-year-old Decatur resident has sculpted seven squirrels out of snow as a fun little prank to pull on her brother. I guess you never really grow out of that phase of wanting to tease your siblings, right, Kelsey? Uh, Well, my pranks don't usually go the squirrel route, but I'm thinking uh, maybe my brother and sister need to up their game as we get older. God, I hope we're still playing in the snow when we're in our 60s. I know I will be. (laughs) So, Shara Pulley shaped the snow into these cute little squirrels, complete with scarves and glasses. She said the squirrels are part of an inside joke after her brother, Marvin, once crashed his bike after seeing a white squirrel in Rock Springs Conservation Area. The glasses are because he's always losing them. Oh, well. (laughs) This is a really cute story written by Decatur reporter Garrett Karsten, so if you want to take a break from this week's hard-hitting news, head on over to heraldhyphenreview.com to give it a read. We also have some really cute photos of these little art sculptures. Uh, Just as a side note, uh, white squirrels exist. They're in Aldi, Illinois, and I have seen them with my own two eyeballs. There's also black. There's also black squirrels in Galesburg. Oh yeah, like I love them. There's a lot of black squirrels in like Northern Illinois. There's a lot of black squirrels. I like them a lot. <laughs> we just love squirrels. We also love campus squirrels because they're the they're the fattest. And every school's squirrels are the best squirrels. No one else's squirrels compared to your university squirrels. All right. (laughs) So that's going to do it for us today, folks. If you're enjoying this podcast and our reporting, check us out at iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. While you're at it, head over to panagraph.com, herald-review.com, and jg-tc.com to look at our subscription information and consider supporting hashtag local journalism.